welcome to Backstage. Hello again if you've listened before. Thanks for coming back. If you're new, though, where have you been? At the end of this, if you've enjoyed us, please do subscribe. Tell your friends if you can. Maybe even give us a review. You know how these things work. The more people listen to us, the more time our bosses give us to record them. But you're not here to listen to that. Shall we crack on? Here's what's coming up. It was the mother of all podcasts, but now the case from Serial has been turned into a documentary. If he did what he did, then who's the person that I saw every day in class? Three words, line of duty. Brace yourself, it's back. Let's go, let's go, come on. Be afraid, be very afraid. Bethany has been talking to the cast of Us. It's really about befriending the darkness in all of us. And Stevie has, you know, been casually hanging out with Taron Egerton so we can give you an early heads up on what the Elton John movie is going to be like. You know, I sang with him recently at his do and like, I still can't believe that that happened. <laughs> But first, now, we don't want to give Apple too much publicity. God knows they absolutely live for it, don't they? Um, But we have to talk, really, about the Apple streaming service. They had this massive big launch this week, packed full of celebrities, because they're trying to be the next big rival to Netflix and Amazon. We have to talk about it as well, I guess, because later this year we've got Disney, who are going to be doing a similar thing, joining this battle. And it really is going to be a battle, basically, because, I mean, if you think about how we... uh, watch TV nowadays, you probably only want to pay for like one or two maybe subscriptions to these services. So everyone is going to be basically fighting for our money. Apple TV uh, itself is coming out with uh, an app, I think, that comes out in May. The TV Plus service is going to be the streaming service. That comes out in autumn. We don't know much at the moment, do we, Stevie? There's no mention of cost exactly. So we don't really know how it's going to compare price-wise to Netflix. Yeah, we know nothing. But all we do know is that Oprah is involved. To move together one billion plus strong into a future of our own design, all connected through Apple! Steven Spielberg's going to be there. Reese Witherspoon and Jen Aniston is there. Steve Carell. They they all showed up. Jason Momoa's got a show. But they all showed (laughs) up and they did a presentation and they're like, we're here. And then everybody's like, cool. When? When is it coming out? (laughs) Uh, And no one knew anything. Vaguely in autumn is what we're we're told, aren't we, for the streaming. Mm, um, And that is about the same time that Disney is meant to launch their version of this as well. What we do know is that their budget for programs making is $1 billion, which sounds like a lot of money. But actually, because TV has got so ridiculous at the moment, that's not a lot, really. If you compare it to Netflix, Netflix, I think, spend £12 billion. But think how much The Crown costs, because The yeah. Crown is like £100 million to make. And there's so much original content that they're planning to do, isn't there, for, for this Apple streaming? They're talking about loads of original stuff that they're going to be making from scratch, and, and that's just not cheap. The documentaries, the dramas in particular, they're what cost the money, aren't they? And yeah. Like you said, the big budget kind of... Now, what's it called? The big bug... It's like a breakfast TV show, isn't it, with Steve? The morning That's show. That's it, the that morning show. Good. I cannot wait. I love those Jennifer kind of Aniston, shows. Jennifer Aniston, Steve Carell, yeah. uh, Reese Witherspoon, Reese Witherspoon is it? Yeah. All the big names, a whole kind of well, shiny, shiny floor kind of breakfast TV here's show. Here's the thing about that show that I was really curious about, because I thought when they announced it that it'd be a comedy, because to me that sounds like, oh, a behind-the-scenes of a, of a breakfast talk show. It'd be hilarious. I was assuming it is a comedy. Are yeah. you going to 
so it's like, a drama. Like, no. And so it's like not, it's not funny. I mean, I'm so sure like it's humorous. So like the but, but a bit oh, the more serious. Yeah. Which we've had recently, haven't we? The newsroom. Yeah. Yeah. We don't need another don't need one. Another of one of those. Really, is, is that really a family-friendly thing? Like, are kids going to be turning on to watch Reese Witherspoon be a little bit serious? This, I mean, they, they have, age, you know, they have yeah. big, big little lies to do that. I mean, so that's the other element of this as well. Are we entering an era of nice, sort of safe TV as well? Because uh, basically Apple are saying that they want to make this really a family-friendly service. Mm. They don't want to have lots of sort of swearing and uh, things like that, violence and what have you. But also you would imagine, we don't know much about Disney at the moment, but you would imagine yeah. Disney will be family-friendly. The other one that we've got promised as well is um, BritBox coming along eventually, ITV and BBC. You would imagine as well that would probably be fairly family-centred as well. So is it sort of, are we entering an era of nice, safe TV? The thing that amuses me as well at the moment is everyone's talking about the phrase peak TV. Have we reached peak TV now? There was a massive thing in um, the uh, one of the weekend supplements, I think it was the Times, that was going into detail about just how many shows are being produced at the moment. Um, and they said in America, basically... 495 scripted shows were launched last year in America. Oh so in God. order for the, everyone to have seen them all, you'd have to be watching one and a half seasons of a show per day. We well, see, that's the problem, isn't it? You've got to have time to commit to these things. <laughs> and <laughs> also, fit a season in in one day. But it also makes us so much more kind of judgy. And if you put it on and you watch half of it and you don't like it, you're not going to stick around. I think we would have in the past because you'd be like, oh, it might be a slow burner. I'm going to get into this. But then now we're like, no, do yeah. you know what? I've got 17 million other things I need to be watching. Boof, you're gone. I'm not watching you. I've, I've just done that in the last week with two different things because there's just not time. Oh, so, do we'll... tell which two. <laughs> <laughs> Really I'm, I'm a really harsh taskmaster, and if it doesn't, if it doesn't get me, it's got to go now. But Apple going middle of the road is that going to work? Because too middle of the road and no one's going to commit to it. But there are times when don't you just get Netflix blindness where you can't <laughs> find it for the sort of amount of choice that's there. You can't find a, a decent programme. But actually saying that, so many good Netflix things at the moment, yeah. which we're, we're actually going to talk about. Should we talk about some proper shows? Yeah. Um, so, yes. the mother of all podcasts, Serial, it was the one that sort of got everyone into podcasts. It was the I podcast think. that made podcasts podcast rock and roll. Podcasts, yes. Yeah. So I think that the 12 original episodes of Serial have now been downloaded 175 mm. million times, which is just absolutely phenomenal, really, isn't it, for yeah. what is an, an audio show and yeah. what is an audio documentary. It's serious. And yeah. it doesn't solve the case, but people couldn't get enough. But I think based on that, obviously, they've seen that that interest is there, so they've made it into a, a documentary. We'll play you a bit of it now. A non-science story has captivated millions since the launch of the podcast Serial. Serial is what brought new evidence to the case. But Serial is not going to exonerate him. So the documentary is written and directed by Amy Berg. She's a really interesting um, director. She's done some really challenging stuff over the years. In 2007, she won an Oscar for this documentary that she did about um, sexual abuse within the Catholic Church. I She came on my radar when I was covering the, the Weinstein scandal because she made a film in 2015 that 
that she couldn't get a distributor for, which was all about the abuse of young boys within the, the movie industry. It was called uh, An Open Secret. And I think people in the end ended up watching it through Vimeo because they didn't have a distributor. But she's, she's a really good documentary maker. What do we think, though? I think you've seen it, haven't you, Bethany, this one? Yeah, well, there was that fear that is this just going to be a rehash of Serial, the podcast? And we laughed that format. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah, exactly. And to start with, I kind of thought, oh, maybe it is. But no, actually, I think it adds a lot to it. And just being able to see everything so visually, like uh, the first the first episode of this, is it really focuses on, on the victim, Haymin Lee. Which is what they got a lot of criticism for, that they didn't in the podcast really talk that much about Hay. Exactly. And it's so easy to forget you get carried away in the crime drama and unsolved mystery and diddy and didn't he? You forget, actually, you know, a young woman has lost her life regardless. So I think definitely it starts very heavily. It's it's Hay's story. And you actually get to, to know lots of bits that she wrote in her journal. They've got a, a lot of access, haven't they? They've yeah. got access to her Literally diaries. The journal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and also they've got... Um, photos from her prom haven't they and Mm. photos of her sort of family things although the family haven't given any interviews they've obviously given access to her diaries yeah and they show sort of news footage of her family being spoken to at the time and there's court footage and things they use this really weird device as well don't they of um so she doodled in Mm. her diaries sort of little flowers and hearts and things and they um animate and bring to life some of that which i'm not entirely convinced worked for me it seemed a little bit If anybody saw the film Diary of a Teenage Girl, that is exactly kind of the same (laughs) technique of the kind of strange doodles coming to life and then kind of uh, sort of animating the the plot, so to speak. But yeah, I wasn't 100% convinced by that either. It kind of felt a little bit fantasy fairy tale yeah it's a crime drama myself a little bit here this is a a little moment um to be very honest it's like i know the serial thing happened and everybody was talking about it. all my friends listened to it and i weirdly i have this weird problem where everybody when people tell me to do something i kind of (laughs) refuse to do do it (laughs) yeah and then and then and then it gets too late and so i i know i know like kind of around the circle of what you know the the, the story of uh, that kind of the first serial with but if you can give me a bit of a background that'd be really nice to kind uh. of just treat me and i literally am the person that knows nothing not that much about about what's going on here goodness um where so do you she, even start she went missing i think at the end of 1999 yes um, and then after a couple of weeks her body was found now the the case is all around um adnan saeed who has been in prison ever since he was arrested for this and, and he was charged with murder. He was he, a fellow student. He, he had dated, dated her. her. Yeah, for, for a good few months. Um, but they weren't together at the time and most of the the case itself hinged on the evidence that was given by one of her, um, one of his friends, actually, who says he was with him at the time. Yeah, but, Jay. Yeah. But it, friends, it's very loose and then yeah. actually the impression you're getting is actually they weren't that close. He was just another kid at school, always in sort of a bit of trouble. And, and I've only watched the first episode of the doco, but from what I remember in the podcast the, the implication was that the police had put a lot of pressure on his friend as well yes and that the friend was kind of involved in a few things he shouldn't be and that the police had kind of put pressure on him to to tell the story and to implicate somebody else and almost that you're given the impression that that Adnan was kind of the person that they wanted to find evidence against and so evidence was found to support that. The interesting thing about this though as well is the timing because we're following around um, his lawyer and we know of course in the last couple of months it's only just come out that that we thought he was going to be given a retrial he all of the sort of paperwork had gone ahead but at the very last minute um, the High Court stepped in and have 
denied him that uh, chance of a, a retrial. So it, it will be interesting to mm. see that documented within it. Um, apparently, the very final episode of this, it's four episodes, the very final episode is meant to be explosive and they yeah, find this real sort of shocking. Yeah, shocking bit of evidence. They wouldn't so, tell us what that shocking thing is. So we actually don't know. We can't spoil it because we don't know. But there's all these, I mean, like with any good mystery kind of story, this real life case does have these these massive question marks. There's, there's kind of Hayes' boyfriend at the time, a guy called Don, who was questioned but seemed to be questioned quite late and it seems like the police never really focused on him there's also the guy who found Hayes body in the woods there's a kind of question marks over him why was he wandering about deep in the woods why did he go so far out into the wood to go for a wee also a pager which she apparently had and used a lot it was never used in court it was never found kind of evidence there was for some reason not used and then I think what was big part of the original trial was actually a big thing that, that acted against Adnan was to do with his mobile phone and where it was found yeah. pinging from and, and kind of evidence to do with like kind of technical evidence about how where a phone is, you know, is being, what's it called, the signal where it's coming from and stuff. Pinging off of yeah, cell phone masks, and I think that was a big a part of the retrial, why, why they wanted a retrial because they said that wasn't, uh, this evidence was is not accurate. But I mean, obviously, he's not not got the retrial. So I think it's worth worth a watch. I'm hoping mm. that after the first episode, because the first one very much was um, all to do with the Hayes story yeah. and the animated diaries and stuff. I would imagine it probably has to go off in a different direction. Yes, we need to dig episodes. in again to the to the actual case in hand and definitely definitely watch it though, Stevie, because it won't. In fact, if anything, it's probably better for you if you didn't listen to Serial because it's kind actually, of fresh. This might be a fun thing. Yeah. yeah. And actually, moving. Actually, can we talk about something else that I know nothing about? But I. I <laughs> I got to see the first Should episode. Should say that's on of... Sky Atlantic as well. Though. Yeah, yes, it yeah. is on Sky. Uh, uh, so there's an there's everybody's talking about the, the the this weekend. There's a new episode of Line of Duty, <gasps> and and and, uh, and and you guys. So you're new exactly. to this, though, aren't you, Stevie? Oh. Totally, totally <laughs> like cereal. Knew nothing about this, and kind of was you know I watched this episode that's coming out this weekend, and and I was like, all right, okay, I can see what's happening here. But can again? Do you need an explanation? I would imagine a lot of people are in your position though, because basically you you were a massive fan of the Bodyguard, weren't you? Which is what brought yes. Jed Mercurio, the the writer and creator of um, Line of Duty, yeah. to a lot of yeah, people's definitely. attention. Because I think 17 million people watched the Bodyguard. Um, but yeah, now you've got to sort of come back and do your homework and do Line of Duty with mm-hmm. us, then, Stevie. So do you get the basic premise? So a- AC12 is an anti-corruption police unit. They're basically investigating their own people, um, and it's one of those series where Jed Mercurio is just such a brilliant writer that at any stage you do not know what's going to happen. He's very willing to mm. kill off lead characters yeah. if he and wants who to. who to trust and who not to trust. And, oh, mm. lordy. I would say the thing that I'd forgotten watching the very first episode is just how technical he is, uh, Jed Mercurio is. He doesn't make any allowances if you don't know sort of what a certain thing is. Like, they kept going on about UCOs and OCGs. Do you know UCO, undercover officer... <laughs> OCG organised crime group so frequently they would go uh, OCG OCG UCO and I was that's like that's really right, bad I let that wash over it. me I didn't even because he used Jed Mercurio used to be a hospital doctor I so know I is love that, it is that maybe why he's Clever. so used to all these kind of acronyms and everything because I guess in hospital you do it all the time too and you're used to procedures and that's the way this is done I think you can see that in his kind I, of yeah, writing I just feel like he doesn't treat the audience as idiots does he it's like yeah. well if no you don't know down. what it is you have to go and 
find out what yeah. it is. But the first episode, very <sighs> exciting, wasn't it? They sort of came in and yeah, off off the it's bat to you instantly. Definitely not one to watch just before yeah. you go to bed. What do we got? Hijack of a transport by armed men wearing balaclavas. Three police officers murdered in cold blood. The hijack required a police insider. My team will get to the root of anything. The root being what, sir? It's knowing what <laughs> we should talk about without giving too much away. So I think we can say that in the last series, we didn't know who Balaclava Man was. It turns out in this series, because it's it's not a spoiler to say, there are balaclava men mm. so and, and a woman, because it turns mm. out they are a gang, and that gang is led by the brilliant Stephen Graham. So yes. good. Yeah, so he plays uh, bad guys so well, doesn't Boardwalk he? The Boardwalk Empire was his yeah. brilliant one, wasn't it? Um, and again, do you know what I thought, Stevie? Did, did you get his accent as well? I wonder if it'll translate particularly well because he's very Liverpudlian. Oh, yeah. Was that really weird? Did you notice it? Actually, I didn't. Uh, you know, to, to be very honest, it all is one big blur of, like, <laughs> words sometimes. <laughs> and so I, if I don't understand the accent I and I hear words, I'm like, okay, I get the general gist. So therefore, all of those acronyms and stuff, I didn't hear those at all, actually. I was just like, no, it's just part of the British language. It's all good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you think they would just say, like, OMG rather than... Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There was lots of OMG. That's we can say that yeah, without a spoiler. Yeah, yeah definitely. Oh, oh my gosh, you, yeah. Definitely, though, Stevie. If you haven't seen the last series, it's so worth going back to see that because that had Tandy Newton yeah. in it, and she was Fabulous. so good in it, playing a corrupt. Is, is that what they do? Woman. Where they get like a, like a special guest to kind of be the running, yeah. like kind of special you know, person for that for that season, and and uh, and then they kind of work I around guess that. It is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah it, well, I, I heard an interview with one of the cast, and they were saying that is always basically what Ched Mercurio has pitched that each season they're going to hand over to a new sort of big lead and mm. base the case around them. So, oh, I think it's going to get. I, I mean. The last one five question, minutes. though. Go on, go on. What uh, is it? Of that, of, uh, well, first of all, last five minutes of the, of the first episode. Oh my, OMG! Yeah, I, I heard that. <laughs> I, I kind of may have said that. But then the second question is: Do they ever leave the office? I mean, like, I feel like so much is going on within their office, and they look at the board a lot, yeah. and then they. And, and, oh, I mean, good. that's the point of it. Well, well, no. I mean, sorry, I said yes. I meant no. But most of it is set around the office, and that's sort of what's mm. so addictive about it because you feel like. Like you're learning so much about the intricacy of the police work. It's it's really interesting. Occasionally, um, I guess you won't know that Kate um, is their undercover officer as well. So occasionally they send Kate off to pretend that she's part of another police unit and they, they cause lots of drama by sort of putting her in awkward situations. But they didn't in the first episode. Well, whenever somebody left the safety of the office, it just seemed like deaths happened. So <laughs> I, was, I was happier when they were in there with boards and, and whiteboard pens and wheeling oh, things around. I'm comfortable with that. Oh, Lord, yeah. Stay tuned to the very last five minutes. Yeah. It's very stressful, but Gosh, it's brilliant. But talking about death, we can now talk about a happier death because this is Russian Doll. Oh, oh. Talking about cliffhangers, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I know Russian Doll has been out on Netflix for quite a while, but I just feel like I need to talk to the group and try Tell to yeah. work out what that was. The first two episodes of Russian Doll, I didn't really like Nadia. Did you get that? I found her a bit irritating because she's very New York and very hipster and very druggy. She's yeah. a hard character to yeah. like. But if you get past those first two episodes, my God, it's such a clever show. Are you going to tell me what's going on? I keep dying and reliving the same night. Does it hurt? Yes. You seem fine. 
So in case you haven't seen it, she's she's this um, trendy New York video games designer who has lots of druggy friends that smoke and drink. And it starts with her being at a party, talking to her mates. Yeah, it's her 36th sort of birthday 36th birthday, party. yeah. Birthday, she's, right. And she walks out and ends up after a series of events ends up getting run over in the street but at that very yeah. moment that she's run over eyes open up again and she's back in the bathroom at the party so the premise is very much like Groundhog Day but it's so edgy it's so clever and it goes off in I mean the very last episode the way that they oh I don't know it's even, hard to say without right doing spoilers at the beginning like on the first step, you see her die. I can't remember how many times it is. Maybe a couple, not many. And then by the second step, you're so used to this kind of this is this is what's going to happen in this show. She's already died about three times. Yeah. But yeah, you know, you know, true. every time she's going to come back. But everything's the same, but it's not the same. Well, there's there's two theories as well, which I don't think spoils anything if you haven't seen it yet. One is that because she's a video games designer, could it be that actually? this all means something to do with coding and faulty coding and it's some sort of computer game. A blip that needs fixing. Yeah. The other theory is this is a a sort of overarching allegory for drug addiction as Mm. well. So there's characters in there, like the homeless man is called Horse, which of course is heroin. heroin. Um, And Mm. it's all about... um, There's a saying that is quoted in the 12 Steps, isn't it, which I think is um, Einstein, isn't it, that's... So, I'm going to get this so wrong, apologies, that one of the signs of madness is repeating mm. an event over and over again, knowing that you're going to get the yeah. same outcome. So they yeah. think that because in real life, Natasha Leon was... I didn't. I, I only read this because I'm such a nerd that have been looking into this afterwards. She was addicted to heroin for about yeah, 10 years. she had a massive kind of career hiatus. Yeah. So they wonder if perhaps, because she's one of the writers on this, whether they're trying to say something bigger about drug addiction. Yeah, actually, it's like the definition of of madness is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. What you said. But it's kind of, that's that's even not 100% (laughs) correct. But yeah, and I think, I mean, that makes it really poignant, doesn't it? Because obviously Natasha, she's obviously the lead character, but she's co-written it. And is it Amy Poehler as well? Yeah, so good. These fantastic female creators. But yeah, that's so poignant if it is about drug use because also it's that thing of being trapped in a cycle isn't it even though you know what's going to happen and you know it's not good for you you're going to keep on doing the same thing the last episode I literally watched the last one and was thinking I need to know what happens right (laughs) did you watch the last episode then put the first one straight back on that's maybe what you should do maybe that's what it's telling you something there is going to be more there isn't there because aren't they aren't they gunning for three seasons Netflix hasn't confirmed that but um, one of the 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 other creators because there's three of them Leslie uh, is it Leslie Headland, I think she told uh, the Hollywood Reporter that they pitched for three. Apparently, and Netflix said, "Yeah, the the more the merrier." Yay. But Netflix haven't confirmed oh, that. Yet. They've got oh, to. They've got to. But as well, uh, who's the guy that plays Alan? I'm very sorry, Alan. I cannot remember <laughs> your name. But he's just signed on for that terrible show on Netflix, which has got oh Stevie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Don't blame Stevie. It's got the it's Gossip nice. Girl guy in it playing a stalker. Yes, you, oh, you, yes. you. Yes. He's signed on for that, so it's not like they're immediately shooting Russian Doll. But can can I also say that anyone that even watches just the first episode, you cannot get the song out of your head. Gotta get up, gotta get out, gotta get home before the morning comes. What if I'm late? Got a big day, gotta get home before the sun comes up. Gotta, gotta get, get up. up, gotta get yeah, up. Yeah, 
and it's a great <laughs> song. I love it so much. And apparently, that's almost making a bit of a comeback. Yeah. Unfortunately, he's passed away, but the guy is a seventy singer. Nielsen. Exactly. Yeah. And that's just made that. Oh, I love it. I love it. So it's brought that to my life. If you haven't watched it, honestly, yeah. it's my favourite thing on the TV at the moment. You definitely yeah. have to. And find I've not finished it yet. So get started. And you'll beat me, <laughs> and then we can we can talk about it all. Um, can we get a little bit excited about another one, which is very weird and out there at the moment? Uh, Stranger Things. They released a new trailer. It opens with the um, gang surprising Dustin after he's just come back from summer camp, and it's Eleven having some some uh, psychic bants with her mind bending <laughs> power by making all his Transformers move towards him and scare him. So have a listen. At least someone's happy. I'm home. It's a dream. You're dreaming. So it doesn't come out till July the 4th, um, but it's still exciting. I feel like there was a time where we weren't entirely sure whether or not Stranger Things was even going to come back because they've left it so long. Yeah. Everyone loved it so much. But is it because they're yeah. kids and they needed a little bit of time yeah. to grow up? Because they're babies. Oh, probably, Bethany. But <laughs> why can't they <laughs> just get out needed to grow her again? hair. That's what it is, Katie. Oh, did you read in the... Oh, I was reading Heat magazine today. <laughs> and they said uh, Romeo, <laughs> Romeo Beckham has been lined up by Victoria. It's probably a load of rubbish. Victoria Beckham is four. Uh, or trying to very much encourage Romeo uh, to go on dates with Millie Bobby Brown. That would be quite the uh, quite the it couple, wouldn't it? I know, it? exactly. But, I mean, I don't know how Victoria Beckham could do that. Anyway, we're talking about Stranger <laughs> Things. Um, so, uh, what do we know? It comes out in July. We know that there are going to be some new locations. Apparently, there's a, a shopping mall where Steve and Dustin are going to have jobs and there's a, a gory looking creature that lurks around there as well. In um, my head I've totally now mixed that up because I watched the film It shortly after watching Stranger <laughs> Things and in my head those two things have merged. <laughs> um, what we do know is coming back very soon though as well, Killing Eve. Now what I do not understand at all is why we in the UK don't have a release date. So you over in America, Stevie, BBC America and AMC I think they've said it's coming out on the 7th of April. Next week for me. I'm just telling you right now, oh, it's happening next week. That's really strange, uh, isn't it? I, I I think it's because the show shows on BBC Two and, and scheduling-wise, isn't Line of Duty also on, on Two at the moment? I think and it, so, no, it's BBC oh. One, you know. Oh, but, um, okay. I thought maybe it was like a, like a little clash of like too many good shows on one channel. It's like it, it, it's like a, it could be a different day. It might be a logistical thing. Uh, that they have to put it out in America first and then we can it, but sorry to be very territorial, but is it not a British show? Well, oh, I think, uh, it's I think a we mix. paid for a lot of it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah. big bucks. Yeah. But it has, it has got 14 BAFTA nominations, so that alone makes yes. it super British because we're super proud. Yeah, it. and we love Phoebe Waller-Bridge, don't yeah, we? Yeah, she's got a writer's nod. Much. She's got a writer's nod for Killing Eve in the BAFTAs, so that's really exciting at the very least. Not only is it the most nominated show, but she has got her nod for being an amazing writer. But, of course, she's not writing this series, though. Instead, it's yeah. an actress who was on Call the Midwife, um, Emerald Fennell. She's who handed it over. Patsy Mount on Call the Midwife. Um, and also, weirdly enough, is playing Camilla Parker-Bowles in The Crown. <laughs> what a talented season. lady. Yeah, yeah, so maybe yeah. she is another female. Phoebe Waller-Bridge type 
person. No doubt Phoebe Waller-Bridge owned... Do we always have to say her full name? Let's just call <laughs> her Phoebe. Phoebe, like we know her. Yeah. No doubt Phoebe wanted like sort of gave it to someone that she knew was really good exactly and isn't it all that thing of you know like breaking the glass ceiling but then handing bits on to somebody else you know she's she couldn't do it because she's doing all this amazing stuff so she's found another hopefully equally talented woman and she's passed it on to her so it's all good it's sharing the love and well if if it's as good then that'd be great if not we'll be furious i know we could constantly talk about fleabag (sighs) as well so but very briefly should we just make noises that just, yeah. express how much yeah. we're feeling. Oh, my, it, yeah, <gasps> like the, the last step. <laughs> if you've not watched it yet, with giving away no spoilers, it's hot. Yeah. So Andrew Scott. <laughs> you need to see get it. on your knees. Sir. Yeah, yeah. And if you want to see a, okay. a priest parading in his fantastic robes, that alone oh, is, is worth much. it. But yeah. sticking with comedy as well, Oh, I know, Stevie, you're going to be cross with me because I keep saying we should talk about Idris Elba's new comedy, Turn Up Charlie, on Netflix. Sorry, I want to talk about a job. Yes! A nanny. You, you want me to be a nanny? A talk about disappointing oh, comedies. No. The man who can do no wrong... <laughs> He's done wrong. ...has done something <laughs> very wrong. Um, it's basically, he... Uh, I think he's having a bit of a time at the moment where he just wants... Because he's in... He's very famous and what have you. He can do what he wants, really. So he said that he wanted to do a comedy. He was paired up with the writer from uh, Vicious on ITV2. Yes, who... Vicious was a very funny comedy, but... Yeah, I think there's a little bit of it seems a bit... Self-indulgent. Self-indulgent as well, because they've obviously said, well, what could we... Mm. What sort of a vehicle can we put you in then, Idris? What do you like? Oh, you like DJing? Well, we'll make this character a DJ. Oh, you're you're very famous. Oh, we'll make it so that he's friends with people that are very famous. You're good with kids. Let's have you being a nanny. But the comedy in it, episode one was just... I, I haven't gone be on it i'm very sorry if the second episode's oh. any good but i refuse to watch episode two because the first some of the jokes in it were so dated like jokes about a dog finding a sex toy and running up to the idris and the embarrassment and awkwardness it was just honestly like something out of benny hill oh that's Not a good. shame that's a but shame think that Vicious felt a little bit dated? I mean, I loved the fact that the cast was amazing, but when I watched that show, I was like, oh, this feels like this is from the... Because uh, like that was Derek weird... Jacoby, wasn't and it? And Zoe and McKellen. But that because they cast. were two yeah. older yeah. gay guys just yeah. being very queeny and vicious at each other. That I means guess... you can get away with older jokes, doesn't it? If half part yeah. of the joke is that it's an older generation. So maybe we just missed the fact that actually their jokes on that were yeah. a bit rubbish. But this anyway... Is, we're just not the demo. <laughs> Maybe that's, do you know what? Maybe that's it. Oh, that's a shame, though, because, yeah, like you said, Idris Elba's... Oh, a man that can do no wrong. Yeah, oh, well. You've done uh, us wrong, can I, Idris. Can I quickly talk about a show that, like, both of you have not watched, but I've <laughs> just been obsessing over it. Like, as you, if you, since you've been going into the Russian doll kind yeah. of world, I've been going into another world called the OA. And, Ooh. like, that world, first of all... That's for, Netflix the, the, as well, isn't it? Season that is two also, of that at the moment. Exactly. And it just came out last Friday. And basically, between season one and season two, there was 27 months in between so it's been a long time coming for those who kind of discovered it the first time around and just waited because it ended with the the strangest like ending and then this season you thought maybe some of the answers would happen but then they continued to make it more complicated and more interesting so as as a very quick kind of brief you know breakdown it's basically oh god i don't even know how to it's just it's created by uh this this Amazing actress named Britt Marling, and then her partner Zell Batmanglidli. I'm the killing. The, I'm like killing the name right now. Batmanglidli. Um. <laughs> anyway, so right. that guy. We'll, we'll 
<laughs> yeah, we love him. Um, and and they they write and direct bo- the whole series, Ooh. and um, and it's it's connected to Plan B Entertainment, which is Brad Pitt's company that does ah. amazing work uh, for other films and, and, and stuff, and, and has won Oscars and stuff. And the whole concept is that. Uh, the kickoff was a woman was found and she'd been gone missing for the past years. And she tells, she basically says she was abducted and uh, that there are other people that were, that were abducted with her and they were, they were held in this chamber. And the only way to get them is she needed another group of people to do this thing called the movement. And it sounds so strange <laughs> and really culty. Does, it really does. What's and, the movement? And so I, you know, if I tell you it. now, you're going <laughs> to okay. roll your eyes so far back and you're just going to be like, oh, this, what are you talking? It's a dance. Um, oh, and so literally they, a movement. It literally is a movement. And so uh, she, so the whole of series one, she's trying to convince <laughs> this group of kids that if they and this older woman, this teacher, that if they do this movement together, they're gonna, she's gonna be able to save the people that were left behind. So this sounds crazy. It does sound and crazy. So I am rolling it, my it, eyes. It I'm not sure so it's me, do. Stevie. Will it really? Oh my gosh. Be all right? Well, what happens then is in series two, you're like, all right, let's. Let's see what happens. And it just continues on with this whole idea of parallel universes, other lives that we have, this kind. So it, it's very kind of, uh, it, it gets big. Um, and you kind of have to really enjoy these kind of stories, which I personally do. And and I love this show so much. And the best thing about the show, here's a little, little teaser, like a hook for you guys. There's so many British actors on the show and they're so they're so great on this and like and if you just is this the one just... with Jason Isaacs in? Yes. yes Lucius Malfoy from Harry Potter yes. in it. we like him yeah. <laughs> well there you go you should watch the OA then <laughs> Katie's really, really easily convinced. turned isn't yeah. she <laughs> okay <laughs> Um, but I just really hope, I mean, if if one day you guys get around to the show and, and kind of get your mind blown the way I have for the past, like, weekend, um, just know that I'm hoping that it's not going to be another 27 months for this third season to happen. And, and, the, and it's just, it's so dense in the amount of craziness that's going on there. And there's, like, Do you need to have watched subreddits. the first season? Yes, you do. And this is one of those shows which... <laughs> which I and you kind of I've not got time. I know. <laughs> Like cereal. Uh, Sorry, this is yeah. this is your this is like the version of cereal. Uh, but like I I I'm obsessed with the show, and I'm so happy that they, they Netflix gave it another round, and okay. I really hope that people will discover it. In can I can way. I do a really neat parallel universe segue yes. <laughs> into another parallel universe? But this one's a filmic one for the film Us, Jordan oh. Peele's follow up to Get Out. There's a family in our driveway. It's probably the neighbors. But y'all scare a family? Hi, can I help you? Zora, put your shoes on. If you want to get crazy, we can get crazy. Yeah, if we're talking about parallel universes, this this is the bad boy for you. Um, obviously, it's out. It's already out in the US, and it has just come out in the UK. Written and directed by Jordan Peele, it's his follow-up to his Oscar-winning horror Get Out, Which and it's brilliantly oh, creepy, fan- fantastic. I think probably everyone's seen trailers and stuff, but the basic premise is you've got a family of four, the Wilsons, nuclear family, all American family, kind of middle class, uh, go on holiday, but lo and behold, they are confronted by monstrous doppelgangers. 
mm. as as you are when you go on holiday. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it just sounds so crazy, doesn't it? But I mean, wow! If you don't like jump scares, this isn't the film for you. That's to say, I think it was more horror than I was expecting. I literally jumped all the way through oh, it. Blimey. Yeah, really, really. It was actually obviously Jordan Peele. He's been busy working on Twilight Zone, which yes, is out which soon is in the be US. Phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, so it's exciting. So not fair, Stevie. I really, I cannot wait for this because I'm a massive fan of the Twilight Zone, the originals. I've watched all the blooming originals with Rod Serling, which is like back in black and white days. But I I can't wait. But apparently, Us was actually originally inspired by a Twilight Zone episode, one called Mirror Image. Now, I actually can't particularly remember that episode, but it's obviously about sort of a parallel universe and doppelgangers, kind of that idea of the other side of the mirror. But, But Us is doing fantastically. It's as a horror film, it had the best opening weekend uh, for a movie 71 million yeah and for wow. a, a, a movie that's led by a, a woman of colour you know a black woman in the lead role it shouldn't be such a big thing but apparently it is um, and the movie just broke all box office records for a movie starring a black woman she's great though isn't she Lupita Nyong'o I do love her she's yes. very cool oh, she's, she's had fantastic. a lot of flack though over this hasn't she because I think she's the, the voice that she does as the monstrous version wasn't it yeah. um, taken from uh, she, she was inspired by a certain illness that yeah. well, uh, let, let me tell you exactly what okay. she said about it. This is what she told me when I asked her about that that creepy voice. It was inspired by spasmodic dysphonia, which is a condition that is brought about by oftentimes by a trauma, sometimes emotional, sometimes physical, sometimes just inexplicable, where uh, the vocal folds begin to spasm um, involuntarily, creating this irregular flow of air and uh, yeah, creating that kind of jagged speaking voice. And uh, I, I was inspired by that and then built from there. The script had mentioned that she had, a, she had not spoken for a long time. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was a creative license to, 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 to do that. And it was really, it was, a, it was so much fun to have that kind of uh, creative task. She says there about it being so much fun, but I think I read uh, in another interview that she actually ended up doing the opening scene where that character talks quite a bit when she's introducing herself. She had to do it about you know, numerous times, and when you when you watch her performance, the voice that she does, you get the impression it's quite difficult. So I'm not sure if she slightly regretted it. Yeah, and also I, I'd read that the people that have that. Um, disease Mm. have not liked the way that she's been speaking about it or the fact as well that it's used to to make out that it's demonic or something and 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 rather than a vocal condition that's just yeah interesting Mm. i mean it was it was a very distinct choice because obviously you've got that thing i guess where you're playing two completely different characters in character throughout the whole thing as well but which one i mean (laughs) exactly (laughs) because that's the weird thing mustn't it be when you're playing a double role i mean I doubt they get paid twice, but that must be so tough. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And because I guess it is, it's that whole parallel universe. And it's a bit like if you've seen Get Out, obviously the sunken place, that phrase has now gone into like common, common speaking, hasn't it? You say the sunken place, but there isn't a sunken place, but there's a kind of equivalent parallel universe. And Winston, he told me about why he actually wasn't a, a big fan of horror before he did this film. Jordan Peele has a really beautiful ability of asking what other things other than blackness, other than actual people, can be the first casualties to that genre. Because one of the reasons I never was that attached to horror was that black people were the first casualties. They were always like the first sacrifices to the genre to make it move forward. 
And now he's saying, could that be racism? In, in moments of extremists, you really get to see what doesn't serve you. The isms don't work for you. You know, the patriarchy doesn't work for you when you need to be an ally to, to like, survive. You know, like, you can't be racist in the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> like, yeah, so there we go. And, and Jordan Peele's gone to great lengths to say that this film isn't about race. But he's also said he understands that it's kind of hard for an audience to appreciate that because it's so rare to have lead African-American characters and that isn't in itself an issue. I haven't had a chance to see it yet, but a couple of people within the office that I was chatting mm-hmm. to actually have just... Everyone loves it. Everyone comes mm-hmm. out saying it's terrifying it's but brilliant. Film. I think it's the kind of but, film you probably need to watch a couple of times times to get it's got so many levels it's got so many bits that you kind of feel like wow I don't think I quite got that because I need to think about it more and and actually it, it, it took me a while to realize this both of them were in Black Panther yes um, oh, they went to drama and, school together they're buddies yes. yeah Lupita yes. and Winston that's so cool and and uh, you know prior to Black Panther you know Winston really didn't have that many like he did some television work but Black Panther was his first like <laughs> feature film that he got himself involved with and then the following up was that was with us so he's he's on a really great role for you know like kind of career career trajectory oh, and it's God. really nice both to of kind those of see guys, him. Both of their first ever films were Oscar winners. Literally, Lupita, yeah. her not bad, first film was Twelve Years a Slave. <laughs> what I mean, what a first film to do yeah. and to nail it. Yeah. Well, I'm equally jealous though as well because I've met no one this week, none of the celebrities. But but Stevie, <laughs> you've been hanging out with Taron Edgerton, haven't you? It's a little bit funny. This feeling inside. What did you say your name was again? My name is... Reggie! Reginald Dwight. I got an email and they said, hey, we're going to do this presentation for a film called Rocket Man. Would you be interested? And I was like, <laughs> oh, what's that? What? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and so, so much publicity. Um, I know. And, and, and the person that invited me, I'm like, do you not know who I am? Like, do you not understand <laughs> that something called Rocket Man about the life of Elton John? You've been on about me. this it's, for months. <laughs> exactly. We've been talking about yeah, this for months. And so, and so uh, here, you know, basically, I saw 15 minutes of the, of the film. Is like, uh, and then, wow. And, it was pretty long, and Taryn comes in and he does a presentation, and then he sat there and watched it with us. Ooh. And that, and I was like, he singing I in any what, of the fifteen minutes? Uh, he he moved his head a little bit, but I think he <laughs> no, didn't want to distract. No, I mean distract. in the film, not in oh. real life. <laughs> did he not jump? Oh, yeah. Just did randomly you get to singing. Hear him sing? <laughs> Yes. Oh my gosh, you totally hear him sing. Does and he sound it, like it, Elton? You know, and, and he's doing I'm his own to, version, I guess. Yeah. He's doing his own version, and I don't think this is a spoiler, so please don't kill me, Paramount Pictures. Um, it is it is a musical. So actually, he doesn't get the sole right to sing all of the Elton John songs. Oh. And you get to hear other people do versions <laughs> of, of of the songs. Did you and, like that reaction? You know, I didn't realize like, that. No, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't find out until I saw the trailer. And Jamie Bell, who plays Bernie Taupin, who co-wrote so many songs yeah. with Elton throughout yeah. his, you know, basically like was his writing partner, uh, Bernie. Elliot, sings that's the what song. I mean, yeah, exactly. And Jamie, Jamie, Jamie sang a song, and like Yay. I just, I was really happy that it it was not going the route of Bohemian Rhapsody, which was mm. just like you know the songs were kind of performance pieces. Whereas and this also really skimming is kind over of, Freddie Mercury's life, wasn't it? His addictions uh, and his there's sexuality. Gonna be, there's going to be no skimming in this one, as far as I understand. Am I right there, Stevie? Yes, there was a bit of talk that uh, there was a rumor that maybe the sex scene between him and Richard Madden. <laughs> 
uh, was going to um, be cut out or maybe trimmed down a little bit uh, and made a little bit more like uh, movie friendly. Yeah, PG thirteen is 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 the, the what they were trying to get. But uh, word is that they they might they're going to keep it now that everybody yeah. wants it. You know, um, and that's so, what everyone's going to be going for. Half the audience, all the bodyguard fans. I had a friend that really I feel like bless him. He probably just doesn't get to see two men like show like uh, naked affection a lot, and so. <laughs> Um, and so the way he just and he actually was one of the few people that has seen the full cut and he and he's like oh my gosh that sex scene is so long and I was like ah. what do you mean and like and then he's like I feel like it was 10 minutes long and I'm like I don't think Rocket Man is going to show a 10 minute sex scene I wouldn't mind but I'm just saying that maybe that's not the type of film that we're working with right now so um, bless him he I kind of exaggerated I guess it just feels like that doesn't it if you're watching yourself on the big screen Yes. In an yes. intimate clinch. I guess it probably does feel like 10 years. But <laughs> <laughs> It's out on May 24th, though, so we don't really have that Not long. long to wait, really. Very soon, actually. And you guys get it a week. Finally, you get something before we do. You guys get it a week before the States. <gasps> oh, so, that's um, something. Finally. <laughs> me, me and Katie can go and see it together and then yes. phone you up and tease you. And we shall. <laughs> yes. Uh, but there's also rumour that, that the film might be showing at a festival um, uh, around that time. Cancel festival, and so you know, I yeah. just I don't know if it's going to happen or not. But there's 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 a little rumor that the timing might fit perfectly if if uh, if this film, which would be great to to kind of have that performance. I mean, Elton might come out and perform a song. Then I don't know, maybe something very exciting is going to happen. And this is what he told us about you know playing the role of Elton John. I feel like I've sort of pulled more of myself into it than I have anything else, and. Um... And so for me, I feel very satisfied by the whole experience. It's been hard work and essentially has been my life for the past year, 18 months with creating all the songs and recording them and re-recording them and changing things and going back after we'd filmed. But I wouldn't have changed the second of it. And I would do it all again. There's not many things I would say that about. I would do it all again. Oh, I'm so jealous that you're in a room with Taron Egerton. He's my what? fave. And actually, you know, it's really, really cute, actually. Jamie Jamie was also there to present the film. He couldn't watch the footage. He does not like to see himself That's on the so screen. so strange, isn't it, when actors so, are really funny about that? Yeah. And so while Taryn is sitting there, like, watching it with us <laughs> and bopping his head, like, as if he's an audience member and never seen this film before, uh, <laughs> Jamie was outside having a coffee and just kind of hanging oh, out Lord. with his people. And so, and he would only he would only come in when he had, when they asked him to talk about the film. It was really interesting to see the two of them kind of uh, Is that having a, having a coffee in quotation marks <laughs> actually means he's probably a smoker and out there yeah who knows who knows what happens out in the real world (laughs) (laughs) it was really nice seeing them they 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 thoroughly enjoyed the the experience of working on this film and so i think that'll hopefully translate onto the screen uh, this summer i'm excited 15 minutes i'd take 15 minutes now (laughs) i want to see it it's gonna be good um we should we've been talking for ages now shouldn't we so we should leave you can we say as well if you um have any recommendations for us do you know what get in touch with us because we're always keen there's so much stuff out there if you know something that's good we'd love to uh, have some recommendations for you there's many ways you can get in touch stevie what's the best way to get you you can see me on twitter at wongy one and bethany i'm on twitter too and i'm at bethany manel oh and i'll go for instagram because i'm not very good at twitter so i'm at spenny picks if you want to find me so we'll talk to you again in uh, about a fortnight's time speak to you soon bye bye bye